today's guest is Max Lejoie. It's a fascinating story of a young defenseman who's made his way through the junior ranks, battles his way to the NHL and the American Hockey League, and it's just a really, really good, insightful listen of the battle, uh, the success, the, the struggle, uh, the adversity the players have to overcome, and I think Max does an excellent job of doing this. So without further ado, Max Lejoie on the Serdacne Podcast. Max, great to have you. Thanks for having me. Let's just uh, let's just talk about your last season. Um, let's talk a little bit about being with the Senators, uh, your first season in the NHL, playing in Ottawa. Just tell the listeners just a little bit about that. Uh, it was it's pretty fun. I mean, obviously we, we didn't finish where we wanted to finish, but uh, we had a lot of fun with the guys. Uh, you know, they even the medical staff and all that stuff were saying that it's one of the best group of guys they've had in a while. Uh, we didn't really have clicks or anything, so everyone was just hanging out with everyone. So we had a, we had a lot of fun, and I'm I'm pretty excited to go back. No, Ottawa is a very diverse city in Canada, and uh, it being bilingual, and uh, yourself, very French as a first language, but you speak the smoothest English I've ever heard in my <laughs> life, to tell you the honest truth. What's it like just being in the city of Ottawa? Uh, it's awesome. I mean, the media loves it. The media loves it if if a guy can speak French and English, so they're they're all over all over me if if they want to ask questions and stuff so but no it's it's been nice it's you know when you go downtown and stuff like that people speak French people speak English so because there's a couple guys on our team with Shabbat, Peugeot, uh, Duclair so it's kind of nice that you know I won't lose it that's for sure in Ottawa so it's uh, pretty nice. It's fantastic so what was it like playing in Ottawa it's uh, obviously a team a young team this last season and a lot of transition and a lot of change but I like to think a lot of opportunity for a young yeah. player like yourself. Yeah, I mean, last year I had a lot of opportunity. Uh, they, they put a lot of trust in me last year to play big minutes, um, so it was pretty good for me. Um, the atmosphere in Ottawa was pretty awesome. I mean, obviously, I think everyone knows we don't get sold-out seats, but uh, the atmosphere is still amazing, and uh, we have a lot of young prospects, so that's always good. Yeah, it's an up-and-coming organization, and it's, uh, it's great to be a young player growing up. Let's talk about just uh, just growing up. You had a, you know, with your parents, there was a lot of a lot of moving when you were young. And let's just talk a little bit about that, where you spent some time growing up and where you finally settled down and uh, dropped some roots for your minor hockey. Yeah. So yeah, born born in Quebec City, uh, lived there for about a couple of years, and then Montreal. Uh, my dad used to work for Heinz Canada ketchup so did you have a lot of ketchup in the house yes yes we did free ketchup all the time do you like it is it, is it a I condiment do. that you like it is yeah um but yeah so when went to Montreal and then went to um Toronto Oakville um then after a couple of years there when I was seven we moved out to Calgary and now we've been there ever since uh, my dad's changed jobs a few times now but uh yeah we love it here and hopefully we stay here yeah, it's, you've been very fortunate that your parents both have had a had a, a profound impact. We've talked many times on your hockey career and your development, and uh, it's really an important factor growing up, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, no, they uh, they did everything they could to help me, and, you know, I can't thank them enough. Uh, they got me this far, and they're still helping me. My dad still watches every game uh, once or twice, so, I mean, 
he, I get a lot of feedback from him, which is awesome. Um, you know, sometimes I don't want to hear it, but, <laughs> but, um, but no, he's been awesome. And my mom's been really supportive and even my sister just coming to every game when I was younger. Um, so yeah, it's just, just been awesome to have a family that supports me like that. For sure. So growing up, uh, you know, growing up in Springbank, let's just talk about your minor hockey. Any memories that, that stand out growing up in Calgary and playing your minor hockey? Um, I'd say maybe there's one. We we went to Alberta Winter Games uh, as a team. Um, can't remember how old I was, but we ended up winning gold. So it was a pretty cool experience to, you know, Alberta Minor Games. So it's pretty cool for, for me to, I think it's the only thing I really won in my career. So, uh, but no, yeah, it's it was a fun time and I still have a lot of friends that I, I talked to from there. No, that's fantastic. So growing up, uh, you know, from moving from your minor hockey associate, where'd you play your club hockey in Calgary? Uh, I played for the Royals. Okay. Yeah. So, do you remember those first years? Yeah. Um, yeah. First year, I was uh, five foot two and uh, made Ben Double A. Uh, let's let's talk about this a little bit because if people don't know, Max is about six foot one, high skilled young forward <laughs> that skates like the wind and has a great uh, great package and by no means a small player. Uh, early on in your career, especially through those Bantam years, like you said, you weren't. You were a good player, but you were you were you were kind of a tiny guy, and yeah. And just, just talk about that. Yeah, I was I was pretty small uh, up until my I think my draft year, pretty much. Um, I was five two, and then I grew I think eight inches in one year, so I grew a lot for my draft year. Nobody notices that, right? No. <laughs> so yeah, no, it was uh, it was good. Uh, I mean, I wasn't always the you know number one, number two guy. Uh, like Bantam AA, I barely made the team and then kind of just worked my way up and then made Bantam AAA the next year, still the same thing, it was, you know, four, five, six, and then made my way up by the end of the year. I think that's such an important thing for, for, for young players and for parents to listen to. It's uh, hockey's an end, end destination and everybody has a different path. Some players rocket to superstardom, but a lot of players, they grow, they develop, they go through puberty and they mature late. And you're a prime example of that playing for the love of the game and like you said barely making teams yeah. and things can change quickly when when growth kind of kicks in and development yeah and I mean after that Bantam League got drafted uh, let's talk about that where yeah. did you get drafted and where, where to uh, I got drafted in the fifth round uh, by the Swift Current Broncos um, did you know anything about Swift Current <laughs> when you got drafted knew nothing about it uh, it was on the map it looked pretty small so I wasn't expecting much um, but yeah population I think of 15,000 so it was, okay. uh, it was a lot different from all the cities I've lived in especially Calgary since like my community is almost okay. 15,000 so no but I was I was excited to go and you know was that got, always your first choice Western Hockey League or was yeah, that college was, a consideration I think WHL was always my first choice um, obviously school is important but we just with my parents and stuff we thought that was the, the best route for me um, so yeah, I, I went there, signed out of camp, um, you know, as a fifth rounder, I was the only one to sign there. Um, so no, it was pretty, pretty special for me and I, I love the city. So I was pretty excited to get started to play there. Well, what's, what's really amazing, Max, is, uh, when you get drafted, it's great, but when you get late, you know, later round draft and some players don't even get drafted and, you know, there's a lot of let's just say veteran players and first round priority players from the last last draft 
sometimes that's a little bit of an uphill battle for a player, but yeah. it's funny. It didn't seem to be like that for you. Uh, like you were obviously a steal of the draft for Swift Current. Was it Mark Lamb was there at the time? Yeah, Mark Lamb was the coach. Um, Jamie Heward was the assistant coach, and Jamie LeBlanc was the or the trainer, and then there we, there's another Jamie. He was the GM. Um, so yeah, they they had a lot of trust in me, I guess, and took a chance on me. Um, so yeah, I kind of got there my first year um, as a yeah 15 year old turning 16. So I could have played. I uh, was the last cut, last possible day um, to to get cut, or else I couldn't have played midget. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I made it tough on them, which which was nice to see. But uh, they made the right decision, sending me back to to midget for another year. Um, so how many years of midget did you end up playing? I played two years in midget. Okay. Um, so yeah, the second year of midget was was great for me because I got more ice time and you know bigger role and stuff like that. So coming into the next year after that, to at seventeen to go in in junior um, was good. I. Not rushing there. No, they were A lot of guys rushing, are really, yeah. really excited to get to the Western Hockey League or to the USHL or to their leagues when they're 16 years old. Yeah. And I know there's words and promises and expectations, but quite often for young players, maybe for Sidney Crosby or Connor McDavid, it's, uh, it's not a bad transition. But yeah. for most 16-year-olds, what, uh, what you think you're going to be doing as a 16-year-old and what you're actually going to be doing, it includes a lot of watching. Yeah, yeah <laughs> It's, no, it's I tough was... on a player. I was pretty disappointed, but at the same time, I was I kind of understood. Um, but yeah, I was. I remember my first game in the WHL was uh, that year after I got cut. They called me up from midget uh, for a game. Who were you playing? So it was New Year's. I f- so obviously we had like a team New Year's party and stuff with friends and stuff um, on the thirty first, obviously, and then they were playing in Saskatoon on the first. So I couldn't really do anything on on New Year's Eve, which obviously at 16, you want to, you know, have fun with your friends and stuff. So I was at home, not doing nothing, went to bed early. My flight was at 7 in the morning, so I couldn't do anything. Um, so yeah, flew out to Saskatoon in the morning, pregame skate, and then got dressed for the game, ready to play, and I got one shift all game, didn't touch the puck. Okay, good. So you were an so impact was, player, impact yeah, player. And uh, it was funny because my parents were watching the game, obviously. Um, Looking for you? On, on the internet. And uh, they didn't even see me because I didn't touch the puck, so it didn't even, I didn't even show up on camera. But you had a good warm-up though, right? Yeah, it was a great warm-up, yeah. So so your, so your debut in the Western Hockey League was... Uh, was, was was a subtle one. Yes, very subtle. So, but no, it's it's okay, and you know, it was. Let's a fast good forward to the next year. So you're coming in as a, you know, you had another year midget under your belt. Confidence, yeah. You, yep. you had a fantastic year at midget AAA, by the way, that year. Yeah. And you come into camp. How are you feeling? What was your mindset? You know, I was I was feeling pretty good, obviously, after you know being the last cut. Um, obviously, I had a lot of confidence, so. Yeah, I made it tough on them, and, you know, they, they had to make some moves um, to keep me and, you know, promise me, I guess, more ice time because I was ready for it. Um, so, yeah, that first year was was really awesome. I got to play with, you know, Brett Lernout uh, from Montreal and Dylan Hetherington from Dallas. Those guys really helped me a lot. I mean, those are some pretty big guys, so I didn't have to worry on the ice uh, if I did anything stupid. Um, but no, they were great mentors for me and, you know, Mark had a lot of confidence in me, so it was a pretty fun year. Oh, fantastic. How did you find the adjustment? Uh, obviously 
couple years of midget, but the adjustment to being an everyday player, not just somebody that was having one shift a game, somebody that was, you know, you were, you were given opportunity. You had a very, very successful career uh, in Swift Current. What was the biggest adjustment from midget to junior? Um, I think just the speed. Um, I think we'll talk about it later, but just the, the difference in how quick you have to make a decision. Um, you kind of have to know what you're going to do with the puck before you get it. Um, just the, the speed and caliber of the players, really. Um, you know, every, a lot of guys can make plays, and a lot of guys are fast, so you just got to gotta be fast in your head and with your feet. Yeah, absolutely. What was your, in your before we move on to uh, what happened because of your illustrious, strong junior <laughs> career, what moment stands out the most in junior from, from your time in Swift Current? Um, I think my last year in Swift Current, we, we had a really good team. Uh, obviously, we lost in playoffs, but just to be able, I, you know, I didn't really make playoffs that often. So just to be able to be in playoffs and make it to the second round and you know, our first round went to Game Seven, and we won Game Seven. And that barn's pretty electric when it's yeah. full, isn't it? Yeah, it's. Uh, we had a game, actually, in the second round. Uh, so we made it to the second round against Regina Pats. Um, they were the favorites to to win it all that year. Um, but yeah, so we were up three one in the series, and uh, we kind of blew it. Um, went to Game Seven, lost. But one of those games during that that series, we went to triple overtime, and in, in our. Uh, in our rink, and it was it's pretty crazy. It was packed still, and when the game was over, we we, we won that game, so everyone was pretty happy. So when did your mindset uh, change from a kid five foot two in Bantam Double A that barely makes the team to a kid that's kind of figuring out in his second year Bantam to getting to play junior and probably one of the best Western Hockey's one of the best leagues in the world for young players. When did when did the first inkling of hey you want to know something I'm. Uh, I'm pretty good at this game, and I want to continue with it, and maybe I want to want to play professional hockey one day. When did that When did that thought? I know you probably weren't sharing those thoughts, but when did that first come to mind? Um, I think that first came to mind when it was uh, probably say my first year in Swift Current. Um, you know, after I got cut and then went back to midgets. I think that next year is really when you know I could see that what I could do. Um, you know, I had a really good year as a rookie, so. It was kind of nice to just see that I can compete against, you know, the best junior guys uh, out there. So I think that's when it, it really clicked where I was like, okay, I can, you know, just got to keep working and I can, you know, maybe make a career out of this. For sure. Um, so obviously the NHL draft approaching, you're right at that age. Yeah. You have a strong year, you know, as, as a first yep. year player. Yeah. Um, let's just, let's just talk about the NHL draft and how, the, how what you did and how it all came about. Yeah, well, actually, so yeah, my first year in the dub uh, since I'm uh, late birthday, so that was not my draft year, and then so my second year after my second year was my my draft year, and that year we didn't really have a good team. Uh, we finished dead last, uh, so that was kind of hard on me, and I also got mono in January till till March. Oh jeez, so uh, not important I didn't, months at yeah, all. Yeah, exactly. So right before the I guess the end of the season, the draft, I was I wasn't even playing, so. Obviously that hurt a little bit, um, but you know what? It's it all ended up working out in the end. Um, you know the draft, the draft was something I was really excited about. I had no idea what was gonna happen, um, but you know I I knew there was a lot. Of, I, I mean my agent was saying there's a lot of interest, um, so yeah, I was just pretty excited. That's perfect. So where'd you spend draft day, and how'd you find out? Um, so yeah, I just spent draft day uh, at my house. Had a bunch of my friends over. Um, family and, and stuff like that and 
It was probably like seven seven thirty in the morning, uh, since it's out. It was in Buffalo. It was it was a little earlier. Um, so yeah, we're just sitting there, and one of my buddies, uh, Zach Slavchenko, who was at the draft, um, texted me and said, "Congrats, Ottawa." And I had no idea the TV hadn't showed it yet, so I was like, "What?" And then I guess like ten seconds later on the TV, it showed my name. And then everyone was super happy, and a minute later the Ottawa called me. So it was a it was a pretty surreal moment for me, um, just to see my name, you know, in the NHL draft. It was pretty cool, and uh, it's definitely not something I, I'll forget. No, absolutely. So obviously, you know, getting drafted for players, it's it's a great achievement, but it's only a starting point. Yeah. Of all the hard work that has to come after that. Um, not being maybe a first rounder like you know with expectations let's talk about just your first camp your first development camp your first rookie camp coming into Ottawa what was that like for you uh to be honest with you I was pretty nervous uh didn't really know what to expect obviously as a as a first year guy there but uh the organization really made it easy on me um you know we had a great group of, of guys from my draft year so that was really fun uh development camp was was fun you know Midway through the summer, you go there, you just got drafted, you're feeling good. You're So, yeah, that was that was fun. And then come rookie camp, I um, can't remember exactly where it was, but we played a couple games against other teams. So it was pretty cool to play against some of my friends that were got drafted to those teams and stuff like that. Um, and then, obviously, I, I got invited to main camp, which was a pretty, pretty crazy moment for me. Uh, just, you know, as a fifth rounder, just – you know, played my game and they were happy with it. So Do you remember the vets that were around when you had your first first main camp? Uh, yeah, I mean Carlson was there. Um, you know, Stone, uh, Stone was there. Dezingle, um, Dion, Dion was there. He uh, he kind of took me under his wing. He's he was really nice to me, so that was awesome. Um, so yeah, and then camp went well and they they gave me the chance to play in my first I guess exhibition game uh, in Buffalo. I remember that. I was sitting beside Dion the whole time and I played with him. Um, so that was pretty cool. You know, you, in Calgary, you grew up watching him, you know, with the Flames. So it was pretty cool to, to play with him and see how he was. Um, so yeah, after that, um, they, they let me go back to junior after that. Um, I'd say maybe two, three weeks later, um, they sent over a contract. So they wanted to sign me. So an impact eh? yeah so yeah no that was um, obviously surprising a little bit for me I just you know I, I thought I had a good camp but you know at the same time you don't want to think you you make it obviously um, but yeah so that was pretty cool for me oh that's awesome so after your illustrious uh, junior career we had fantastic fantastic numbers Get your first contract. Let's just fast forward to your, your first year of pro. Um, just how that all went down. Obviously, it started with uh, obviously it started with the main camp with Ottawa, and then yeah. let's just talk about that. Yeah. So had a, another good, I guess, main camp. Um, you know, had a lot of confidence going in, and they gave me a lot of opportunity again. They they let me play, I think, two or three exhibition games this time. Um, so that was that was pretty cool. Uh, and then went to Belleville. Um, okay, let's tell the listeners where, for those of you that don't know where <laughs> Belleville is. Belleville is uh, two and a half, three hours from Ottawa, and just in between Ottawa and Toronto. Okay. Um, small city, 45,000 people. So it kind of reminded me a bit of Swift, uh, you know, not much to do. Um, 
just hang out with the guys really um so yeah that was that was a pretty cool experience had a lot of trust there from the coaches and stuff so that was awesome uh great group of guys again and you know belleville belleville was nice because we could go to toronto on weekends or kingston was really close so yeah. there was you know good restaurants there and stuff like that so it was it was pretty good um but yeah adjusting to pro from junior um the speed like i said about midget to junior is just at what pace you you make decisions and stuff like that and obviously the guys are a lot bigger obviously you're playing against men that are you know 30 35 years old that are trying to you know keep a career so it was uh it's pretty intimidating at first not gonna lie um those first few games uh you just see these big guys coming at you and you're like holy so am yeah I am i ready for this? yeah exactly it's, like, it's, it's that thought process what people don't realize it sounds like this smooth transition and smooth path but you just alluded to it like you're playing with guys with families yeah this is their livelihood exactly they will do anything they can it's their job and you're just a young guy that wants to play with their first contract and yeah it's like the light goes on fairly quickly that they're competing and playing for keeps it's like it's not fun in games it's 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 professional yeah exactly like you said these guys are you know trying to keep their job obviously there's young guys coming up every year to try and take their jobs so they're not going to be you know the nicest guys obviously there's nice guys but you know they don't want you to take You're their, their competition yeah exactly You're their young cheaper competition exactly and it's yeah. a it's a funny dynamic that a lot of people don't talk about yeah you got some fantastic veterans that are established they're more than happy to help but then yeah. everybody else's competition yeah trying to get to the same place so obviously playing in the american hockey league there were some struggles along the way, both yep. with play, with ice time, and it's not just physical, it's it's a mental thing, like, you know, obviously, you had, just talk about a few few little things that you had and how you got through that. Um, well, you know, I, like I said, I had a good year um, with Belleville, um, but I got injured twice, uh, I was out for, say, three, three to four weeks both times, um, so that was kind of tough, you know, getting back to, to that level where I had to be to be able to play and compete and stuff. Um, and if you look at my stats, I only had one goal all year. Um, and, you know, that came from the 50th game of the season. Was it nice, top, top, oh, top cheddar? It's not even close. It was, uh, it was, and, you know, that was, that was kind of dragging me down a bit that I hadn't scored yet. Um, obviously, you want to score. And Especially in offensive, producing defense. Exactly. Like so, um, so, yeah, no, I, I remember I got a DDD pass, and uh, I just I went to the outside and shot, and it went off the stick of the guy in front of me, and then off the skate of a guy in front, and then through the goalie's five hole. And it was just... By design, eh? Just the worst goal I've ever seen, and uh, but no, all the all the guys are pretty happy for me. Fun it was, it was pretty, yeah, all the guys are pretty funny about it. Um, you know, they were giving me shit too for for not scoring. So, but yeah, no, it was it was a pretty pretty funny moment. That's awesome. Let's just fast forward to the to the next season after a pretty strong debut campaign. Um, big learning curve for you, but yeah. Uh, Sometimes, sometimes your play is not just represented by the stats, but by the growth you make in other areas of your game. But so, getting into to training camp that following season, what was your mindset like? Obviously, you had a year in the American Hockey League, um, you had some experience. What, what was your mindset going into camp? Well, my mindset going into camp that year was, you know, prove to them that I was kind of right there with with the other guys that were on the 
on the main main team uh, in on Ottawa. Um, you know, obviously, I wanted to to play games and maybe have a chance to be up there. Um, even if you talk to my dad, he uh, he'll be the first to tell you he didn't think I was going to be on the team um, the full year. Obviously, um, he thought maybe you know I'd get games and stuff here and there, but. Um, you know, so describe how it happened then. How, how did you how did you propel yourself like young player, young young yeah. player from the American Hockey League comes to camp, and for the listeners that don't know, Max made the club out of training camp and just talk about like what did, did it start with the scrimmages? Did it start with the first exhibition games? Like when did yeah. you get a feeling like hey, this is rolling the right way? I think I think it started in rookie rookie uh, rookie camp um, before main camp. Um, you know, they had a lot of trust in me and I was one of the, I guess the older guys yeah. that was there. Um, you know, they gave me the captain for, for one of those games. So that, you know, that gave me a lot of confidence and that, you know, what they thought about me, um, had a really good rookie camp so that, you know, more and more confidence built up. Uh, so getting into main camp, I was just, you know, wanted to play my game and show them that, you know, I was, I was there, I was almost there and. They, they really liked my game and they gave me a lot of opportunity to play big minutes. Um, you know, I think I played an average like uh, 18 minutes in exhibition, uh, 20 minutes. So they they made me play with CC and, you know, the older guys, the veteran guys. Um, so you're kind of getting a clue like, hey, yeah, I'm and not working. I'm not on the ninth and 10th pairing. Or the yeah, 12th exactly. Or 13th guy. Yeah. So, I mean. You know, as they kept cutting guys and, you know, they didn't cut me and I was, you know, it was getting closer and closer to opening night. Um, and to be honest with you, I didn't, they never told me that I was playing the first night. Uh, so when did you, game. like, when did you, when, like, that's the, when did the moment, like, not, not making, making a team or when, when did you find out, like, hey, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm going to put it in the season um, here. So, yeah, all week. Before the game, I think we played on a Saturday or Friday or something like that. Um, that whole week before the game, I was paired with with CC or with Demello, um, and I was kind of like, okay, am I like gonna play or am I like just here to like whatever? Either way, you're happy to be. Yeah, around. exactly. I was just happy to be there, but at the same time, I was like, okay, what's going on? And you know, my parents obviously were wondering too, and it was just kind of weird that they hadn't said anything and. Here we are. And you're not asking. No, I'm not asking. Just no, definitely. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just looking at the board, seeing where I am, and, and doing what I have to do. But, so yeah, and then the whole week passes, and it's game day, and I'm like, okay. So we go into the rink in the morning, pregame skate, same pairing, same thing. Uh, at the end of pregame skate, he pull, he pulls me like, this? um, uh, sorry, um, Boucher, uh, Guy, he pulls me. You know, pulls me on the ice and says, uh, "You know, you're playing tonight, right?" I'm like, "No, but thanks." <laughs> okay, you're asking an important question: uh, English or Francois? What French. He talks to me in French. Just direct to French. Yeah. Frenchy yeah. to Frenchy. You're yeah, in Frenchy to Frenchy, and uh, you know that was. I didn't really know how to feel. Um, you ready to explode? You're probably so yeah, excited. Yeah, I was. I was pretty excited and. I couldn't believe it. Like it was so, just, game uh, day skate. You find out your plan. Yeah, and so, um, so let's let's talk about this. For for those of you that don't know, that's probably one of the most exciting things for for a young player to get into his first NHL game. And 
you don't know you're playing. Your family is on pins and needles, and <laughs> like we're going to talk about it. But you had a remarkable, uh, remarkable debut in the NHL. So, so what immediately happened after? That? Did you play one to just get off the ice after that? Yeah, pretty much. Um, but yeah, I think my parents we we decided that they were going to fly down no matter what, mm-hmm. even if I wasn't playing. So they flew down early in that morning. Um, they still got there at I think at five or something. Mm-hmm. So it was cutting it close, kind of. Um, but yeah, so they didn't, they didn't know and I didn't know. So as soon as I got off the ice, I told, I, you know, I called my dad and stuff like that. And obviously I think everyone knows I texted my girlfriend after Brady Kachuk's reaction there on that interview. But, um, but yeah, so they were, they were at the airport and they were going crazy. And, um, so yeah, no, it was, so I had them come and, uh, I flew out a couple of my buddies, um, just so that I, you know, they could experience it with me. You know, they were, they've been my friends for, you know, lucky more than, you live more in, than, lucky you live in a major metropolis that has an airport. Yeah, exactly. So last second, they, they flew out and, um, yeah, all of my friends were there. My grandparents, uh, drove down from Quebec city, uh, made the six hour drive there. So let's just talk about just your pregame meal, just like stepping <laughs> up for warm up. It was, was like? uh, yeah, no, it was, it was pretty. I didn't know. Oh yeah. So by that time, I was uh, I was still in the hotel. Um, so pregame meal. It's kind of nice in the NHL. They they have meal, for you. They have meals at the rink. Um, you know, you have breakfast before before pregame skate, and then after pregame skate, lunch is is ready for you. So you kind of just say what you want. Nobody and, told you the NHL is the never hungry league. <laughs> yeah, I found out <laughs> found that out pretty quick after that. Um, but yeah, so. Ch- chicken, or I think no, it was shrimp with pasta and rose sauce. Okay, um, there you go. So took that home and, or sorry, had that for lunch at the rink, and then you know I'm I'm one of those guys who can't really eat only at twelve like a lot of players. Um, I have to have more food at three thirty, four o'clock. Cause Did you? So you're so jacked up. You got so many things going. You're arranging tickets yeah. and flights. Did you even get a pregame napping? I did for an hour. Okay. I, I usually nap for an hour and a half, hour 45. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, it was pretty hard to fall asleep and just staying asleep. Um, but yeah, no, it was, uh, it was hard. I mean, that nap was, I usually nap for a long time, but I was just too excited and, you know, I just wanted to be at the rink again and, you know, getting dressed and all that stuff. So did no. they even ask you what number you want? Uh, well, no, I, I've had the same number since the first sure. first camp, so and I love it. Um, you know, I, I was a really big fan of Chris Letang, so that was, when I got that number, I was pretty happy about it. For those it. listeners that don't know, <laughs> number 58. There you go. Um, so, yeah, no, it was, I, I love it, and I don't think I'll change it. Um, you know, I, I like him as a player, so it's kind of cool to, to get the same number. So, yeah, I mean, got to the rink. Um, did my normal routine and all that, um, and then, and then it came time for for warm ups on the ice, and I was kind of just sitting there. In so my who stall. are you playing? Like, just tell the listeners who you guys are playing that night. We're uh, we're playing the Chicago Blackhawks. Wow. Um, so you're looking across the ice. Yeah. Just, okay, like obviously you're trying to control, you know, not wipe out on your on your laps and yes. you're moving around, but do you glance up and have a look across oh, yeah. the ice? Yeah, there? I was. Definitely looking across during warm-ups and seeing, you know, Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, one of my favorite D-men, Duncan Keith. Um, Good Calgary boy. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty pretty crazy. So, yeah, like I said, I was just sitting in my stall waiting to go for warm-ups, and 
um, Zach Smith um, called me up and I said, let's go, uh, you're leading us out. So I was kind of expecting it, but didn't know when it was going to come. Um, so Did yeah. you put anything on the board? Yeah, I had to put a little bit of money on the board, yeah. obviously. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, so yeah, did my first lap. Uh, all my friends and family were sitting right in the corner, so it was kind of cool to see them there. Uh, did I think three laps by myself? So they did it. Eh? Like they, they, they made yeah, you, they made it the uh, feature lap. Eh? Yeah, so I got a couple shots off, and then they finally came out. Um, but no, the whole time during warm ups, it was just surreal. just surreal for me to you know be across you know those guys, and even with the guys on my team, um, be there with them. Obviously, Carlson wasn't there anymore, but um, you know other guys were. So that sure. was that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, and then. I didn't start, but uh, it was the second second pairing out. Do you remember who you played against your first shift? Yeah, I think my yeah my first shift was against Debrinkat. Mm -hmm. uh, he was he was on the ice. I can't remember his line mates were. It was Sod. Mm -hmm. Sod was in Chicago yeah, at the start of the year. Yeah, um, and then I can't remember the other guy. Um, but yeah, it was it was pretty cool. And then you know I think it was my my second shift of the game or third shift. Um, there's a scramble at the blue line, at our blue line, kind of um, on the other side, left side, and uh, their demands in the the thing, and the pop pucks out, uh, pops out, and Bodker uh, kind of picks it up, and I join them, and we go down on a two on one, and I'm like, holy, like I'm on a two on one right now in my first game, and uh, he passes it over, and I, I knew I was gonna shoot it, because I obviously you want to score. Yeah. Um, and I hit the crossbar. Yeah. And they went out of play, and I just looked up, and I was like, "Oh my god! Like, what are the chances?" You know, I first shot on net, crossbar. Still and, a good uh, shot, though. Yeah. So that was, you know, that moment was like, "Oh my god!" Crazy for me. And then, a couple shifts later, um, we're in the offensive zone. Uh, I pass it down all the way down behind the net, and uh, Duchesne picks it up. Um, it was the funny part is. I was out on the ice against Kane and Taves and those guys, and um, just describe that like that. Like, yeah, unbelievable skill, and yeah. smarts and speed. It's just unbelievable to probably play against those two. Yeah, it was it was crazy. Um, but yeah, like I said, so Duchesne picked it up behind the net uh, on the right side, kind of went all the way down behind the net, and I was on the left at the top, and Kane was the one that was kind of on me, and uh, he looked away. And then I kind of snuck in in the slot there. And then Duchesne made an unbelievable saucer pass over, like two sticks, uh, right on the tape. And, you know, I kind of had one of those knee-down one-timers. Uh, just went right under the bar. And, and then after that, I don't really know what happened. Well, that's <laughs> yeah. a, what a great story for a yeah. first NHL goal. And what a great, what a great uh, first impression you're making, yeah. especially with those guys on the ice. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And, uh, you know, all the guys were happy for me. Um, you know, Dzingel came and hugged me right on the ice after that. Um, Duchesne picked up the puck. So it was it was a pretty cool moment. And then obviously seeing the videos after of my, you know, my parents crying and all my friends super excited. That was that was a pretty cool moment for me. It's pretty good. If I, if I recall correctly, I think it wasn't just a goal. I think it was one, yeah, yeah. one plus one in your debut. Not a bad start. Yeah, so I guess, yeah, later in the first period, um, we had a power play and he started the second unit, so I was on that unit. Um, I was playing the half wall, and uh, we won the draw. I pushed it back to our D men. 
Um, and he walked the line, passed it back, and then I passed it down low, and White just kind of took it and tried to stuff it, and it went in five holes. So, yeah, I was uh, I couldn't really imagine getting a goal and assist in my first period of my first NHL game. Um, that was definitely not something I was expecting. Well, uh, probably a really effective way to keep yourself in the lineup, though. Yes, yes, that was... Uh, yeah, first that impressions was, or lasting yeah. impressions at the NHL level. Yeah, it was a pretty good first impression, and it was... Uh, no, it was a great game, and it was just so... It was, it's definitely something I, I won't forget. Um, obviously, not a lot of players score in their first game, so it was uh, pretty cool. So, like, pretty impressive uh, rookie season, to be, to be truthful. 60-plus uh, games... And probably would have played, uh, would probably would have played more if you didn't uh, bump into some injury issues. Yeah. So let's just talk about the season. Obviously, you settled down after your first game. You have a little bit of confidence. Um, what was it like? That's a giant adjustment from the American Hockey League and from junior of the year before that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said about the other leagues, like this one was an even bigger jump. Um, just the speed. Uh, guys were flying, and uh, you know the AHL is a little bit more. I guess rough, you can say. Um, guys are out there to hit. In the NHL, you know, there's hits, but guys aren't looking for that. Um, but yeah, in the NHL, everyone, and I mean everyone, can make plays. It doesn't matter if you're the first line or fourth line. It's everyone that can make plays. Um, everyone's skilled. So it's obviously it's hard to play against against those guys. And you know, as let's, I, let's talk about that. So let's yeah. talk about let's talk about forwards first. Who who really like. Obviously, you watch these guys yeah. for a lot of years, and you're very familiar. Who who really stands out in your mind that you played against? Well, my first game, uh, I remember come. I was taking, uh, yeah, Taves one on one coming down on me, and I was like, "Holy, this is Jonathan Taves!" Like I've watched him for years. Like, so yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, but I think during the season, um, Crosby, same kind of thing. It was a one on one with Crosby. And uh, I was just like, I better not do anything stupid here. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then McKinnon. McKinnon was unbelievable. Um, what makes him tough to play against? Just the way he transfers from skating one way to the other and the way he handles the puck, it's just like it's on a string for him. Um, his speed is crazy fast. Um, so yeah, he it's was... multi-directional movement, not just the skates. So yeah. It makes it pretty hard on a defender, doesn't it? Is. Doesn't yeah, it? especially when he tries to go wide yeah. and then you think he's got you wide and then you kind of catch up but then he brings it back to the middle and it, he just creates a lot of space out there for himself. He's really good at that. Um, but one of the guys that I was you know, really just like, wow, was uh, Pedersen. He had a hat trick against us and it was just like, he skated through our whole team. It was... He would take the puck from his his end and just weave his way through. He was uh, he's gonna be a really well. He is a good player and he's gonna be one of the the great players in our league for sure. I would agree with that. I had the opportunity to teach Elias Peterson for about eight to nine years in my Stockholm camp since he's yeah. been a young player. Him and his brother Emil and I and I and I told so many scouts and so many people and. They said he's too small, he's too slight, he's yeah. not fast enough. This guy is world class, yeah, and the best way that I described him is like a Swedish Wayne Gretzky. And people yeah. used to look at me funny when I said this, and his dedication and his vision to the ice. Oh, it's and, crazy. And the way that he can move the puck, and he's actually 
very, very deceptively quick, but his puck movement and vision and yeah. what he does and what he sees, it's just, it's absolutely zero surprise that yeah. he's having success and he's going to be a star in this yeah. league for many years. And it's, it's great to see young players like you. For the listeners, you know, I've had the opportunity to train Max through the spring and summer, and this guy is dedicated. But today's NHL player, mobility, speed, quickness, grit, and high hockey IQ is huge. And, and, and Max has all those things, but the dedication both in the gym and also off the ice, away from his team to try to make himself the best that he can be. But when he's talking about these superstars, Max has that ability. I think you have the ability to to be an impact defenseman for many, many years in the NHL. But what I want the listeners to understand is it's not by accident. It's by a lot of hard work. And players put the work in, and they, they put their work. They eat the right way. They train the right way. They put in the extra time and the extra effort to elevate themselves to the next level. Um, let's talk a little bit about some defensive guys that you played against and, and the guys you admire and guys that you just think, wow, that's a dynamic game. Yeah, like I said, keep going on the young guys. Uh, I remember playing against Dallas and playing against Heiskanen. Um, awesome player. He's uh, he's really good. He's uh, one of the smoothest. You know, he's up there, um, you know, with the top skaters in the league. He's uh, as a young guy like that. He he has a lot of confidence and he's really good at skating and moving the puck. And you know, he's only going to get better. Um, and then yeah, uh, playing against you know Drew Doughty, uh, Brett Burns. Um, you know, the list goes on. Uh, Duncan Keith, Latang. You know those guys. You know they're they're at the top of the game, and it's it's pretty cool to to see you know those guys and to play against those guys and just see how they act on the ice and what plays they make and and stuff like that. And it, it you know it motivates me to you know get better and stuff like that. So uh, playing at the NHL level, obviously, you explain to listeners that the speed is blinding. It's amazing. The game's getting faster and faster every day, and the young players coming up. It's just it's, yeah. it's amazing. You're, you're one of them. Uh, what what what's a big lesson that you learned this year? Like just about playing in the NHL and what you need to be successful in the NHL. What 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 what's the biggest message you could give our listeners? Um, I think just to take care of your body. Uh, it's a long season. It's you know 82 games. You know it doesn't sound like. I mean it does sound like a lot, but. You know, you compare it to, to other sports. Um, obviously, baseball is kind of outrageous. You got 162. Um, but, yeah, no, it's it's a long season. You're, you know, with all the travel and stuff, you, you really got to take care of your body, you know, get good sleep, good food, uh, good habits off the ice. You got to, you know, take care of your body, get, you know, treatment whenever you want, um, whenever you need it. You know, you got to put the right food in your, in your, in your body to – to make sure you have the most energy um and you know i kind of kind of witnessed that this year with myself um you know i was getting tired around you know 50 games it was it was a grueling grueling 50 games i mean you get to the point where that second half where teams are trying to make playoffs um you know it kind of goes to another level absolutely um so yeah obviously you know for our team we we knew we can't we weren't making playoffs but at the same time you still want to play the best you can and you're playing, playing for against, your job yeah, exactly. that's what people don't realize and uh, you know you're playing against teams like Tampa Bay and you know those those top teams this year uh, they're strong going, team yeah. talk, let's talk about Tampa they had a tough tough run in the playoffs this year but oh wow loaded yeah yeah that you probably had an opportunity to play a little bit of against Point yeah. Calgary Boy and Kucherov yeah. and Stampos yeah that line uh, 
they were that team was was something else um they had a lot of firepower um we were lucky enough to beat them once this year um which was pretty crazy but i think the line that you know struck me the most this year was the boston line of Marchand, bergeron and uh pasternak how tough is it to play against those they guys? uh they got everything i mean you got Marchand, who's you know everyone knows he's a little gets in inside guys' heads and gets under guys' skin. Um, and then you got Pasternak, who's one of the most skilled guys in the league, uh, and Bergeron, who's probably one of the best, if not the best, two-way forward. Um, so, you know, that line really impressed me. Uh, they took it to us a couple times. Um, but, yeah, they, they had a good team. and So, yeah, there was a lot of, you know, a lot of lines in the league that were really good, and it was kind of neat to, to play against these guys. I want you to give a little insight because as a young player coming into the league, this is something that all players, doesn't matter where they are in the lineup, but the level of compete. Those three guys are a great example. Yeah. Um, can you just explain, like, just when you're watching hockey, it's great, but when you're defending and you're dealing with, with two or three of those guys down low for the puck in your D zone, yeah. just the level of compete. Can you, can you just give a little insight to, to the listeners about that? Yeah, you know, you, you think you beat a guy. Or you think you you have a step on a guy, but they're right there. They're they're always going to be right there. Um, you know, especially that line, uh, Bergeron and you know, Marchand and Pasternak. Like Marchand's all over you. He will not stop no matter what. Um, I think everyone knows. You see it. Uh, he always he never gives up really on any play. Um, so yeah, you know, you make a move, you you get out of there, but you know, there's another guy coming. So he, it's. Um, it's a tough league and you know there's a reason why it's you know the best of the best um but at the same time i think it's easier than the ahl i think most guys would say that um just because everyone makes plays and everyone knows where you are and stuff like that but obviously it's it's harder no absolutely so favorite nhl cities that you've been to so far in your career um i mean vegas was pretty unbelievable just playing there the just the atmosphere in there is was pretty crazy like the bench was shaking how loud it is in there it's it's pretty crazy and then i haven't looked at the stats lately but it, you know i like that they used to have, back when vegas had a east coast team like they used to the best home record in the league it's uh it's probably it's, a reason for that there's kind of a reason for that yeah. I, I can't imagine but do you get the chance to go for a walk grab yeah a walk, i mean look around when you're there in between, yeah like, we, the day before? we were there i think three days before two three days before wow um so yeah we had a chance you know experience the the vegas life a little bit um but yeah it's it's pretty crazy to think that there's a team there now um it's it's i mean it's awesome for them uh it's you know it's hot all year it's it's vegas so i mean it's pretty cool but other than that um new york was pretty amazing uh you know madison square uh obviously that's one of the best places to play um Nashville, Chicago, those those places were were unbelievable. Um, yeah, there's a lot of you know Tampa Bay, just just everywhere that's you know got a good team. I guess this year um, they have great fans. The atmosphere's great. Um, Montreal was probably one of my favorites. Obviously, growing up, they were my favorite team, and you know, Mac uh, Saint-Tropez was you know where I wanted to play. Um, so yeah, no, that was. That was a pretty cool moment. My grandparents came down, and that was I think that was my favorite to play in. That's absolutely amazing. So let's just talk a little lifestyle here, like some of the things you like, some of the things that uh, 
You do? So just favorite meal. If you could have anything you anything, what what's your favorite meal? Uh a really good steak. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big steak guy. Uh how do you like it? Medium rare. Okay. Yeah. I uh I love Not steak. quite moved, slightly cooked. Yeah. Yeah, steak is probably my favorite, um, and then dessert would probably be cheesecake. Okay, uh, I love a cheesecake. Favorite pe- What's your go-to pre-game meal? Pre-game meal, probably just pasta with rose sauce. I'm a big rose sauce kind of guy. Well, uh, after that game one performance, yeah. probably gonna make that a regular. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, no. The night before, I usually have a steak too. Um, so the night before a game, I. Say ninety percent of the time I have a steak. That sounds like an endorsement for Alberta beef producers. <laughs> I'm a big beef guy yeah. too, so it's uh, let's 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 keep the cows going. <laughs> so yeah, um, those are my favorite meals probably. Absolutely. So tell me, uh, place that you've traveled that's been your favorite, or place that you want to go. Uh, favorite place to travel, um, Hawaii. Hawaii is uh, any specific island? Uh, I've only been to to one. I've only been to Maui. Um, I really wanted to go to Kauai. Uh, I might do that in the near future here, but uh, there's a couple of places I, I want to go. Um, I want to go to Europe, obviously. I want to go to Greece and Italy and, you know, those places, Croatia. Um, those are, I think, the top, my top uh, on my list there. Um, but, yeah, I, I love traveling, and, you know, one day I want to travel the world for sure. Perfect. Favorite player growing up? Joe Sackick. That's a good one. Yeah, Murnavi Joe. He was, uh, he was my dad's favorite player, and you know he was my favorite player. I still have his jersey signed. Um, yeah, he was my favorite player for sure. Most influential person in your life growing up? Definitely my dad. Um, he was uh, he helped me through everything, um, whether it was hockey, whatever life. Um, he's helped me through a lot, and you know I just like I like what kind of man he is, and you know. Um, He's a he's a good role model role model for me. Just to save you, your mom had a pretty significant role. Yeah, making she sure did. you're fed, <laughs> making sure you did your yeah, schoolwork. Yeah, she did. Let's let's yeah. talk about mom just for a second here. Yeah, my mom uh, my mom has helped me a lot. Um, you know, she she was my teacher actually for grade twelve math online. Um, okay. But yeah, she she's helped me a lot. You know, she's always putting putting food on the table and getting the meals I wanted. For pregame and you know when Bantam and Midget and stuff like that, uh, she always made that extra effort to to help me with everything I did, uh, whether it be school, hockey, like I said, life, um, problems, relationships, all that stuff. So yeah, she's been she's been awesome and she still is. And you know, like I said, I can't thank them enough for for what they've done. Best piece of advice you've ever picked up? If somebody told you, somebody you read something, you came across it. Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Um, never give up. I mean, is obviously you know one of my my favorite ones. I just you know I've never been that you know superstar um, number one guy. Uh, I've always had to make my way up. So it's it's been you know the underdog kind of kind of story for me. Um, so I kind of just live by that. It's kind of like dodgeballing. <laughs> yeah. Pete Lafleur. Yeah, Pete Lafleur and the Stern Cobras and against. Yeah. Favorite uh, favorite couple movies. What are your What are your go to favorite couple movies? Um. Say I'm a big big Transformers fan and any. Let's say any kind of you know Avengers little superhero movies. I'm a big superhero movie guy. Um, 
But I love the favorite character. Uh, I want to say Iron Man. So you know that was a kind of tough. Tony Stark. Yeah, tough ending for me on that last movie. Yeah, Um, tough ending for you. But no, yeah, I think those are my kind of favorite movies. But at the same time, I love old movies like you know Ocean's Eleven, Ocean's Twelve. Those are kind of movies that I like a lot too. Yeah. Best advice you could share with young players with your journey? I know you mentioned about you know not giving up, but like. It's an amazing. It's an. I always like to hear the human side of the story of young players that aren't even big enough trying to make teams that will their way to the NHL with hard work, dedication, yeah. and passion. Um, I'd say you know everyone has a different different way of making it. Um, you know, you're never. You might not be that guy that makes it right away or makes every team right away and is the best player. Um, like me, I was always the underdog kind of thing. So I think that's that's what I'd, I'd have to say is you never know when your chance is going to come and when you're going to, you know, flower, I guess. So that's that's my, my message. Um, if you weren't a hockey player, what, what would you want to be? Um, I think there's a couple things. I mean, what my dad does, he's a sales uh, VP um, kind of thing, business. Um, I like math a lot, so something with numbers but at the same time I wouldn't mind you know maybe being like a gym teacher or something like that that'd be pretty cool or or a professional golfer um, you know that I how love is your to, golf game by the way it's getting better I haven't played you know in the past I, I wasn't able to play a lot um, and you know this summer I kind of took more played a bit more and you know it's it's getting up there it's get. I mean it's getting down there I guess the my, my score is getting down Who's the um, biggest sandbagger in your summer group here that you think like that just like embellishes their handicap and tries to extract money from you on the golf course? Um, huh. He's not a hockey guy, but uh, my buddy Quentin, he uh, he acts like he's not good, and he can shoot. He can. <laughs> He can drive it on a par four, so <laughs> scratch golfer. That's uh, almost yeah. So, but yeah, yeah. Go um, so golf handicap from the Marvel universe, probably. Something yeah, exactly. Like that. But yeah, my dad, my dad was really good at golf. He was a scratch golfer growing up, um, yeah. so I kind of take it from him. Obviously, kind of like anything, you don't really want to hear his his advice on what to change about your swing and stuff. But uh, no, he's helped me with that, and I don't know. Hopefully, one day I can be him. I tell you, it, it, it's tough on parents because they always want you to do the best that you can. But you, you get a lot of coaches growing up, but uh, mom and dad and the volume coming down in the car and just getting that advice from a young guy. <laughs> and then you finally make it to the NHL, have a pretty good, successful debut season, and you're still getting the advice, oh, yeah. which is fantastic. Yeah, no, I love it. Um, obviously, like I said earlier, sometimes you just don't want to hear it. You know you've, yeah. you didn't have a good game or whatever, but you know they're just there to help. And... Um, like I said, they they've been there for forever, and uh, it's gonna it's awesome to to have them like that. Yeah. It, well, what's impressive about you, Max, is just your hard work, your your dedication, your drive, and your uh, your ability to want to get better every day. And I can say that being on the ice with you, great focus. If the day's going well, or if the day's not going well for you, just keep at it and keep working hard. I think that you're gonna have an incredible incredible career. The skill package, the skating, the skills, the on-ice awareness and situational awareness and IQ is off the charts. I think you're going to have a very strong career. To finish, what are your hopes, dreams, and aspirations for hockey? What would you like to see in the future for yourself? 
Uh, just a you know a long career. I mean, obviously, you know we all know the average career is not very long in the NHL. Um, but I just want to be you know a guy that's you know on a team for a long time and uh, plays a long career and you know might not put up the greatest numbers. You know, like uh, you know the eighty points stuff like that. But I just want to be able to play for a long time and enjoy the game. Well, that was awesome, Max. Inspirational story and uh, a story that everybody should follow and follow this guy's career because he's got a bright future ahead. I want to thank you very much, Max, for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. I think it's really important listening to Max speak that players and parents out there understand that it's an ongoing battle and it's an ongoing struggle and it's, it's 24-7 to be the best you can possibly be and to play into the NHL. Max continues his journey, both at the NHL level and the American Hockey League level, to be the best he can. Uh, I think one of the most important lessons you can learn is being resilient, believing in yourself, and just keep going because you just don't know what the outcome can be. We'll see you next time on the Sir Dacne Podcast.